0: Hey everybody, Brian Davis here. It's Longhorn Confidential time and it is Texas OU week here on the 40 Acres. The Red River rivalry is back. Texas is 4-1 and and back in the top 25, I might add, after a win at TCU. The Bevos might be getting it together. But then again, Oklahoma is 5-0. They are number six in the country and yet their fans are booing their quarterback. I don't know what to make of any of this. Let's just throw it open here. Are we going to see the start of a Heisman campaign in Bijan Robinson? Is Casey Thompson going to defeat his dad's old team? Where, where, do, where do we start? Where do we start with all this?
1: I'm starting out with turkey legs, Fletcher's corny dogs, two, and an adult beverage. And if there's a football game going on amidst all that madness, I will cover it. But I'm, I'm really thinking about food right now. I'm between fried
0: names. butter, fried M Ms. Funnel cakes, which I think not very good, but I will eat them. Kirk?
2: <laughs> I, I'm surprised said it starts out like that. I mean, I wouldn't be able to make it through the first quarter. I, I end my State Fair experience with corny dogs, as you guys know. So, one of my favorite weeks of the year. I mean, it's the rivalry, the essence of sports. To me, it's the greatest rivalry in the college football. I'm a little biased. Only hey, seen 50 of them.
1: It's but- the only week. The year where Doug gets that little voice in his head when he starts talking like this, because that's the hype. He gets excited and his voice it. changes, inflections. You noticed that, Daniel. You noticed it.
2: Daniel can't contain himself. He,
1: he's he's so, so excited. He's out of, he's out of his mind.
0: Will you simmer down, Danny? I mean, down? I
3: mean, look, I mean, yeah, it's, it's I know college game day is coming out because this is the SEC game of the week. You know, all the fans are excited to be back, and you know, back of the state fair, but you know, it's a it's it's another another game. I'm you know, I'm still kind of waiting to see what this Texas team is. We're, you know, only a couple of weeks removed from that Arkansas game. And you know, there are points in the TCU game where TCU looked like it was gonna, you know, steal that game from Texas, even though both teams were doing a very good job of shooting themselves in the foot throughout the throughout the week. So I think, you know, Oklahoma fans are a little cautious about what this team is if they're booing their, you know, supposed First round draft pick quarterback. I think you know Texas fans are probably a little bit cautious about this um, Texas team and where exactly their ceiling is, and you know whether or not Bijan's a Heisman contender or not. It's really hard for a running back to win the Heisman uh, the, these days, but you know we'll see. I think a lot of questions are going to be answered um, on Saturday, and um, I think people, if Texas wins, I think the excitement is going to be through the roof. I think you're probably not going to be able to contain the excitement of a lot of Texas fans. They're able to you know, knock off Oklahoma, but Oklahoma is a six-time defending champion in this conference for a reason. I mean, this is that, – that's not a fluke. That's not a couple lucky bounces. I mean, there's a reason they, they run this conference, and Texas is going to have their work cut out for them no matter how poor their quarterback may or may not be playing.
0: It's, it seems to me that we – because all the things that Danny just outlined is something that I was actually thinking about yesterday, is that it seems to me that both of these teams are sort of building on an upward trajectory – and if this thing goes the way we think it might, and there might be two Texas OU games this year, um, will, will this game may, might be somewhat of an appetizer to what happens possibly in Arlington? Now, granted, there's a lot of things that have to happen before we see a second Texas OU match this year. But, that, but that's where I'm feeling like both of these teams are right now, is that uh, both of them have certain issues, that they need that they need to be worked out. Danny's exactly correct. We're just a few weeks removed from Arkansas, but Texas has gotten their their proverbial S together. It looks to me like, especially with the running game, how well they closed the door against TCU in the fourth quarter, and the defense, while not perfect, it's not perfect. Still, not enough pressure on the backfield for me. Um, but they are collecting momentum and, and moving in in the right direction. Seems to me.
1: I agree, and and you know like you said, they have coagulated their feces over these last couple of weeks. But for me, they're not, I mean, if you look at this matchup, it's not Sam Bradford versus Colt. It's not not a mega matchup for offenses. It's just going to be both of these teams are kind of a ground and pound type of team that are hoping that the offensive line can dominate the defensive line. So uh, even though last year was a thriller, the four overtime game, I don't see this game being like that. I see this game being a, a slower paced, fewer big plays, uh, one of those games where, where it might end up being a mutter one of those one of those 27 to 24 type games uh, that that are running back like a Bijan Robinson might end up taking over. But I don't know that it's going to be a game where, where quarterbacks are going to rule.
2: Well, something strange will happen. It always does in this rivalry. We do know that. The one point you made, BD, is that they're both trending upward a little bit, but there's still a feeling out process. It just seemed like, you know, like Moro Ojomo told us today, yeah, by this time your teams are settling in. You know who they are. But uh, OU fans, I don't think they know who they are. They're just unbeaten and maybe more of a product of who they played. Uh, K-State scared the daylights out of them, lost by seven. K-State had a late touchdown, but they didn't play great. They haven't been the dominant team we thought Oklahoma would be, and Texas, to me, has been better uh, than uh, we thought they would be. But the identity, you know, I think one of the things, Texas plays hard. You know, we all know that's a big cliche, but I think it fits in this case. I would give Sarkeesian that. They seem to play hard, except for that – Maybe second half against Texas, Tech it home when it was well in hand. They play hard with a lot of intensity. It's by far a flawed team. They're not perfect. They missed a lot of tackles against TCU. They gave up a 99-yard drive to you know not to seal the game right away. But you liked how they responded on that four-minute drive, two first downs. And so Texas definitely trending up. I just I'm not sure OU knows where it is yet and maybe, maybe we'll see it Saturday.
3: I, I do agree. I, I like what you said about the playing hard. You know, I don't ever want to accuse a team of quitting. Um, I think that's easy for people in the press box to say, but I do think this Texas team plays hard. I think there's little um, letdown in them aside from two long passes against Texas Tech and one of those passes I still think the guy was like five feet out of bounds before he, <laughs> before he caught it, but, you know, Arkansas just kicked their butts. The, the, this Texas team didn't quit in that game. They just got their butts kicked. Um, but they played hard throughout it. Casey obviously came in um, off the bench and um, you know you know you know led them to a couple scores late. And maybe that was you know, him playing hard because this was his chance to take that job. But you know I don't think there's any quit in this team. I think this is a team that plays has been playing hard from start to finish. And you know that could be a reflection of some of the older guys in this team. Some of the guys who are kind of tired of you know, not living up to those expectations, but, you know, I think, you know, start to finish, this is a team that plays hard. I, I don't want to judge Oklahoma just because I haven't seen them play much this year and, you know, maybe a little hard for, you know, them to get up for some of these games when they're, you know, expected to, you know, when they're, when they're Oklahoma, you know, I think we'll get a good, a better judgment of, you know, who they are and, you know, they're measuring stick this week because they they know what's what's on the line.
0: I I think to, Piggyback off Danny's point. Uh, I, I I don't want to speak for y'all. I, I will say this though: I thought that Oklahoma and, and Iowa State were going to be losses at the beginning of the year, but now, what I've seen both from Texas and from everyone else, I, Texas should be in every game the rest of the way. You know, now whether you want to predict that they're going to run the table or not is it, you. It's up to it's up to you, but Texas should be competitive in every single game. No question. Um, the rest, the rest of the season, and and I think that's a that's a you tip your cap to Sark on that, and tri- and tip your cap to the players who you know you know we've been waiting for a group of guys to come along who are tired of losing and tired of averageness. Maybe maybe this is them.
3: Maybe I will say, uh, I I will say oh. that I, I think that's more. I don't know if Steve Sarkisian gets credit for that because well, Tom Herman's biggest problem was he couldn't win close games, and every Big Twelve game was close. I mean, right. How many you know Big Twelve games or these last four games that they just get dominated? Maybe when they went to Baylor two years ago. I mean, Oklahoma last year was four overtimes. They lost Iowa State because Cameron Dicker couldn't hit a sixty-yard field goal, which no one outside of Justin Justin Tucker can hit. So, I mean, they they are that's what Texas does because you know as they say, everyone gives them their best shot, and um, these games tend to be pretty competitive. So even if they aren't favored, like the Oklahoma games the last couple of years, I mean, Texas tends to be in competitive games. When it comes to Big 12 play, at least the last, you know, as long as I've been on this beat, there haven't been a lot of blowouts um, come Big 12 play.
1: I think I may have miscalculated at the beginning. I really thought that Iowa State would be way better than they've been. And with, with, the, with the sheer amount of experience on that team with Brock Purdy and Brees Hall, uh, what's the tight end, Charlie Kolar, they, they were poised. To make a run at OU this year, and they just haven't brought it. And I thought that OU would dominate the competition more than they have. And I, I really believe the Longhorns are in play here. Not, and it, it's a three and a half point spread. And I'll just put it out there right now. I'm picking Texas to win this game because I just, I just think that uh, even though with their deficiencies, the tackling and all of that. Um, their big the biggest problem is, is giving up big plays over the top. And Spencer Rattler is three of twelve, was three of twelve on passes of twenty yards or more. So he's struggled just like the Longhorns have, um, in the vertical passing game. And so I look at it like this. I, I would I will take B. John Robinson behind and suspect offensive line over, over Kennedy Brooks and Eric Gray. I just will.
2: Well, I think you're right, Fed. I mean Iowa State's been hugely disappointing on a national level, not just here in the Big Twelve. In fact, I think the probably the most disappointing teams in the nation, you'd put, you know, Wisconsin, Texas AM, Clemson, no longer in the top 25, and, and Iowa State in that group. I mean, it's right there for the taking for Texas. Now, with a different speed, they have that dominant runner that can keep the defense off the field, that can punish the other defense that uh, can allow Casey Thompson to pick his spots. You know, one of these games, and it may well be Saturday, Casey Thompson's going to connect on the deep ball, you know. Yes. He, he, he That just hasn't come together He's yet. said it all year. But you know they're going to load the box <laughs> to stop Bijan. You know that, and that's smart. I mean, you know, he always wants to stop the run, you know. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, maybe early, that take advantage of all the attention – Given to Bijan and go over the top a little bit and then find Jordan Whittington, find Josh Moore. Josh is still on the team, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Joshua Moore. Wow. Maybe time for that's the uncalled for. That's maybe, uncalled for. Maybe time for them to break out. He's a good
1: player. Break in, break out. What's the difference?
2: <laughs> a whole lot. Okay. A whole lot. So, but what about, I was going to ask you guys about Casey is that, you know how bad he wants this son of Charles Thompson, who won a couple uh, titles when he was an OU quarterback. I mean, s- I just continue to be so impressed with this guy. You know, his moxie, his preparation, his studiousness. I mean, he's amazing. How bad do you think he wants this game? He's a pro. So, uh,
0: the, guy, the guy's, the guys a pro. And we, learned, we learned more today uh, than I think we had yet this season about how he treats his teammates – um, obviously, you know, kind of leaked out last week that he took the offensive lineman uh, to view, uh, Vince Young's steakhouse. Uh, that, that was super smart. But also he, we learned that he he pay, he says that he paid to fly receivers down to Florida to get get some get some special work in during the offseason on route running. Um, he he has something special with the with the running backs. I mean, other than this guy being just uh, a, a made of money, I think that this guy is doing a phenomenal job of taking care of those who take care of him uh, because <laughs> he, he wants, he's, he wants this, he wants the whole thing to work. And, you know, it, it just, I just, I just feel like, yes, Casey is a, is a, uh, uh, as good of a player he, he is, it's looking like he's a far better person. Um, And that's and that's just something that you want to root for, you know, whether you pull for Texas or not.
2: Yeah, he and Bijan two of the coolest dudes in all of college football. I think if you're Mm -hmm. around them any length of time, you come away, you know, with that impression. So I don't know. I just I can't wait to see what he does, because he's been, you know, chomping at the bit three years on the sideline. I, I was wondering if he's even. Begged to get in on a special teams play just to, you know, experience because for a longest time, it didn't look like it was going to happen for Casey, even the start of this season. So uh, he will be prepared. No question about that. So I was curious about the offensive line. Do you think losing Denzel Okafor is, is going to hurt them? Uh, I guess Carrick is the sixth man, now the fifth man. So Danny, you think it's going to have much of an impact?
3: I mean it's going to have an impact. I mean he's a starting offensive lineman and he's a guy who's been around for 6 years. So I mean that's better in experience, you know, both leadership-wise. I believe he was a captain before the the TCU game and also just, you know, experience in the line, a guy who can play a couple of different positions. So I mean that it doesn't help, but you know, these are the reasons why you develop depth. This is a reason why, you know, you have, you know, high hopes for someone like Andreas character, Hayden Connor if he gets a if he gets an opportunity. It's why you have someone it's why someone like Derek cursor is so valuable because, in addition to being an, an old vet, he's versatile and can play you know pretty much five different positions on that line. So you can mix and match and kind of you know find what works for you. So it's not going to help, but you you know those young guys need to grow up at some point, and I guess it's going to have to happen at the at the Cotton Bowl, and those guys are going to get kind of baptized by by fire because if it's you know in Andre's case, it's going to be a little bit different than. You know, you know, starting at Kansas State as he did last year, getting in that um you know Colorado game or getting in the TCU game, um uh, Classic. That's a whole different environment And Hayden. Um, you know, I think it was a Louisiana game he got in earlier this year. This is a whole different environment if, if it's if if it's him who gets the call. So I mean those two are gonna have to grow up quickly, but you know, that's reason why you recruit these, It's these not like these guys are two-star talents. These are four-star uh kids who are highly regarded on the recruiting. Recruiting trail, and uh, I I think Hayden was a three-star guy. But you know, these are guys who were, you know, recruited to be at Texas, and um, it's time for time for them to grow up quickly and see see what we see what they can do.
0: Well, this has been a five-star video. I can tell you that Um, we are gonna we are gonna. No, it's five star. We're we're all about the five stars here. We are. This is this is these are blue these are blue chip videos we're turning in here. You can read everything, as usual, at hook'em.com. We will have stories all throughout the week leading up to the 117th edition of the Red River Robbery coming to you live from the Cotton Bowl at 11 a.m. Man, we're pumped about these 11 a.m. kickoffs, aren't we, boys?
2: (laughs) We are, and I've seen all 116 (laughs) of them.
0: Kirk is the one that brokered the deal that brought these two schools together 116 years ago. (laughs) Exactly. We'll be back on Thursday for more Longhorn Confidential, but for now, that's going to do it. For said Kirk and Danny, I'm Brian. We'll talk to you next time.